Welcome back to the Off the Cuff Podcast. I am Regina DeChico. This is, of course... Christine Trinan. Oh my gosh, and it's Gallivant. I mean, you you know why we're here. Christine has obviously gone to another amazing location, in locations in this case, and we need to know more. That's why we had to come back to the couch. <laughs> well, I mean, welcome to my casting you know, couch welcome here. Welcome to the casting couch. <laughs> I am happy to regale you with my stories and my world travels. No, and that's what we need to know. So, I mean, this this is a two-parter, and you can decide where you want to start. But we're going to be talking about a place that I've heard I should definitely go, which is Lebanon. We have family friends from there. They're like, no, you have to come. And they always say you have to come at the right time. But also you are in Syria, which, and I don't want to sound ignorant, I was not even a place, I was not even aware we could go to Syria. So I need to know, however you want to start with this trip, you can decide, but we need to know how this came to be and we need to know about Lebanon and Syria. So Lebanon and Syria are so intertwined together and it also is intertwined in the story about how I ended up there okay. because I went to Lebanon for the first time in 2009 and your family friends are right, by the way, yes. get your butt on an airplane okay. and go to Lebanon. Okay. I'll talk a little bit later about their come at the right time. Right. Because quite honestly, it is complicated in this region of the world. And yes. come at the right time, you might be waiting a very long time for when the right time is. So you just have to watch the reports, mm-hmm. make sure things are not erupting. Right. And that is the right time to go. But when I went in 2009, I grew up with a Lebanese family. Okay. And they were like my Frida was like my mom and I spent more time at their home than I did in my own home through high school. And so anyone who knows the Lebanese knows that they are the most hospitable, welcoming people in the entire world. And so there would always be tables of food and I would talk for hours with her mom about Lebanon and how it's such a beautiful place. And so I was there, I saw it for myself and I will say that no words will describe how extraordinary it is to be in a country that is in the Middle East, in the middle of a desert. Wow. But yet is on the Mediterranean, so it looks like you're in the Riviera somewhere. What a wild, like the desert and the Mediterranean. You do not put these two things together. No, but like you put that in Lebanon, and so you have the the sea, Mm -hmm. so it's very beach-like culture. They have these mountains. This mountain range like runs for hundreds of miles, Mount Lebanon, up and down the country. They get so much snow. Like snow just dumps, dumps, dumps on Lebanon. And so, and then they have fertile valleys that cultivate the best wine in the region. I feel like I'm learning a lot and I'm almost embarrassed that I'm learning a lot, but I did not know any of this about Lebanon. No one knows this about Lebanon. Like, cause they're in the middle of the Middle East. It's, you know, you think it would be a desert. Lebanon is not a desert. In mm-hmm. fact, it's the only one of two countries that gets snow in the Middle East, which is weird. Right. And the re- other country being Israel in Golan Heights. And like I said, the situation yes. in, the, in the region is complicated. Some people think Golan Heights is technically part of Lebanon, but it is Golan Heights is in Israel. I've been to Golan Heights in Israel. So point is, is that in this one area, you have Lebanon and it's such a unique place. And then the Lebanese know how to party. Yes. They are just... <laughs> So much fun. I, you know, back in 2009, I was much younger. Right. It's a different trip. Much cooler. But we just, we were out of the clubs all night. It was like, it was just such an incredible place. But 
I only had one regret in my entire life. Oh. And it was when I was in Lebanon, I chickened out to go to Syria. Okay. And so this is 2009. I see what's happening And here. I said, okay, I can go next year. I can go another year. I have my whole life to travel. Well, war erupted in Syria, mm. and it was not allowed to go to Syria. Okay. So your question about, I didn't even know you could go to Syria. Right. Up until May of this year, April of this year, wow. like March. So like March, mm -hmm. they started issuing the first visas to Americans. Okay, so this is, this is not a little recent. This literally just happened. Yeah, it literally just happened. And so you could not go to Syria for over 12 years. And it didn't even look like you would have been able to go. Right. There was a period of time where it just seemed kind of helpless. Like I would never be able to go to Syria. Mm -hmm. And having grown up with a culture like that in a family that I was right. so close to, I really wanted to see Damascus because Damascus is the second oldest city in the world that's been continually inhabited behind Jericho. Mm -hmm. It is the oldest capital city in the world. And it is a place that is cool AF. That's unreal. That's an unreal statistic. What you just said is insane. Yeah. I walked down the street of Damascus mm -hmm. that has been around for 2,000 years since the Roman times. And so there is something profoundly incredible when you are walking down a Roman street and there are still shops and there are people like it could have been 2,000 years ago. So it was such a just beautifully like aging and tragic kind of like you know feeling throughout the city but also so beautiful and so hopeful at the same time yes. and then all of these gorgeous damascene homes i learned a new word by the way i'm oh. like throwing that word out <laughs> any way i can damascene, damascene i'm like let me damascene. google that while you're talking yeah. to figure out what it means well, okay i didn't know like you know it's damascus i didn't know that mm -hmm. like you know if something is from damascus it's damascene so and that word is just so cute i love, just love it it's a really beautiful word so there are these beautiful Damascene homes where you walk in mm -hmm. and kind of like the Riyadhs in Morocco, okay. outside, you can't even tell. It looks like decrepit, old, aging buildings. Inside, you walk into a gorgeous courtyard that has a fountain, that has gardens, because that cools off the entire house. All the windows are interior balconies. Right, because we're talking about 2,000-year-old technology that's still working, yeah. which is unbelievable as well. It's really, I mean, it's just extraordinary. The architecture and then the people. There's been a lot that's happened mm -hmm. in Syria. Obviously, there was ISIS. Um, not things that you really want to get yourself in the right. middle of. Right, right, of course. Right now, at this moment, is the right time. But like I said, the situation in this region of the world can change in a heartbeat. And so for me, I like to seize the day. Yes. I had an opportunity. I applied. They let me in. Thank you so much to the government of Syria because you enriched my life so much by allowing me into the country. And it was really one of those experiences. I went on my own, but I had a great logistics team okay. because that's what you need. You need a Support. great logistics team because you have to get approvals for everywhere you go mm -hmm. and they oh, okay. need to know your exact itinerary where you're going to be and there are special permission sheets and so my guide was incredible my driver basel i just adore him so much those guys just looked after me but i was not just in damascus mm -hmm. there were two other places i went that were also like they've also obviously been in the news but one one place is aleppo um and aleppo is known right now because it was just annihilated by the yeah. war and, you know, 12 years of civil war, they have the largest souk in the entire world in Aleppo that has been reduced to rubble. 
if you look at my pictures yeah. on the website, mm -hmm. like I have written an entire article on my trip to Syria because it was such a fascinating place. And it's like a place that like just expands your inside knowledge and just makes you think about the world differently. Yes. But this is not ruins. Like I walk through ruins all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're in beautiful places in Greece that are ruins right. or Jordan right. or, but these were ruins from less than 10 years ago. And to see that much destruction, they're rebuilding and they're going to make it just as beautiful as the old soup. Wow. But to see all of that destruction, no, I'm sure you could feel it because that's like a humbling. recent destruction. You yeah. can't separate yourself from it by saying, oh, this happened a thousand years ago. You're yeah. like, this just happened. This happened 10 years and this ago. is what the life is like here. I'm completely annihilated. Wow. And so I walked through the new rebuilt part of mm -hmm. the soup, but then it's like you're on a construction zone. Um, where it's just rubble piled up everywhere to walk to the old citadel. And this is going to bring me to like the citadel. Citadels are reinforced towns. And this citadel has been around for thousands of years. It's been rebuilt and rebuilt over time. But this citadel that's in place right now has been around for at least a thousand years. And it's still standing. That's unbelievable. So this is the thing, is that citadels are made to withstand war. And obviously, this place withstood war when everything around it is completely annihilated. I know I keep saying unbelievable, but when you think about like the architecture, the construction, when you think about what happens here, I mean, buildings like under construction in New York City sometimes will just fall or a crane falls. Yeah. Or it's almost like this kind of thing happens all the time. And here we're saying it's like a war-torn city, and yet there's a citadel still standing because that's how it was made. And that is the beautiful part about Syria is that so much has happened in the country, but the people are still standing. And they I could not have been more excited to see a tourist. Oh, yeah, no, I wanted to ask what the people were like. I want I mean, to know what the people were like. I mean, the Lebanese, the Syrians, they are, they're, they're alike, but they're different. Mm, okay. And it's like their family, their cousins, their family, but they're not identical. Okay, like cousins of the same family, maybe. But Just different. trying to figure out. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, so it's, it's, I mean, the Syrian people, they could not have been more welcoming to me because obviously I'm a tourist. I'm one of the first Americans in. Like, I'm the worst person without a map or without my phone. Mm -hmm. And your phone doesn't always work there. I would get lost, like, three blocks to my hotel. I wouldn't be able to find my hotel. And by the way, Syria is safe. Don't be an idiot, but it is safe. Okay. I walked around by myself in Damascus at night. Aleppo's too big. Things are too spread mm -hmm. out to walk around. So I had my driver with me at night, but right. I was, I'm like walking in the dark. Granted, I should not be walking down dark alleys. I just got confused. I got lost. Right, you were lost. But at the same time, no one's there to mug me. No one's there to do anything yeah. terrible to me. And so it was very, very safe to be there. So that gives you an idea of who the Syrians are. They are just gorgeous, very hospitable yeah. people who will feed you until you look like a pita. Right. Because <laughs> a I, stuffed pita, I'm assuming, not a flat pita. Oh, I, was <laughs> I was overstuffed pita. I mean, the Syrians also love their ice cream. Oh, that's that's a... Random, right? <laughs> so random. Well, until you realize they have the oldest ice cream shop in the world, which is Bakdash, which is in the the market in Damascus, the okay. old market. Bakdash is the oldest ice cream parlor in the world. It's, I mean, it, it's insane. Are they making their ice cream differently than they we are. think of ice cream? Okay. A thousand percent. So it's almost like a cold 
taffy, but not taffy. Okay. And I'm not going to do any justice sure. to describing this, but when you're in the Middle East, mm-hmm. you never say no to food when it's offered to you. Okay. And so the first thing I get there, I don't eat a lot of dairy. I don't eat ice cream. Right. And I don't drink coffee. Well, in two seconds, a hot second of sitting down at the hotel, owner of the hotel is like, would you like some ice cream and some coffee? I'm like, yes, please. And so essentially, my all of my rules, all my dumb diet stuff, out the door. Out the, yeah. the ice cream was so good, I wanted to ask for a second serving. Wow. Yeah, it was really different. And they put honey and pistachios on top. Okay, so very like unique it to them. Like, so good. And... Little fun fact, because I'm sure you need to know this, Regina. Of like, use this like in your acts, I'm sure. <laughs> um, coffee mm-hmm. in Syria. They border Turkey. It's like Turkish coffee. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But the distinction is that they put cardamom in their coffee. Oh, wow. Cardamom. Who knew? And how does that taste? Uh, amazing. <laughs> like, I can feel how wired I was because I never drink coffee. I can feel how wired I am right now just even thinking about like that jolt of energy I got from the coffee. So there were such incredible places. And from Aleppo, speaking of forts and Mm -hmm. citadels, I went to a place because at the end of the day, like I'm a total girl, but I'm also a total tomboy. And I went to go play in a fort that was a crusader fort called Claque de Chevalier from the year of 1049. Okay. And the name in itself is actually very telling because clock means fort mm-hmm. in in a or castle or palace in Kurdish okay. because it was originally a Kurdish fort. But then the crusaders came in and like went all nuts on it and they completely rebuilt the fort to what it is today and it is still intact. And they added the de chevalier because it means palace of the knights. So oh. de chevalier is of the knights. So that's from the crusader times. But you go to Croc de Chevalier and you're driving through and like, I know this is totally normal just to be road tripping through the Syrian countryside, <laughs> but I'm like road tripping through the Syrian countryside. I'm like, can we stop and take a picture on the pistachio fields? Yeah. Like I am just touristing. Well, you're, it feels like you're the first uh, tourist almost. So you have to do it, Christine. And you have to come here and tell the people. <laughs> I mean, these guys were amazing though. They like did everything. Like, you know, they just humored all my craziness. Right. So we go to the fort and on the way though, like really where you see so much of the mass destruction Mm -hmm. besides a city like Aleppo is in the countryside. Oh. Suburbs completely annihilated. All of the homes, towns gone. And so this is the Syrian refugee crisis. Mm -hmm. These are not people who didn't have anything. These Mm -hmm. are people like us who had everything. Right. Beautiful, massive, big villas incredible restaurants and mm-hmm. you know the sad part was you can see this on Gallivant's website when I was at Croc de Chevalier there's a restaurant that was gorgeous restaurant before the war now everything has just been bombed out there's like nothing left it's been stripped and looted but I walked through this abandoned building mm-hmm. to get up to the top so I could get a picture of Croc de Chevalier yeah. which is like one of the best vantage points to get the picture but you saw somebody who spent his whole life building yes something and now it's gone and so that was the other aspect besides like the rich history and then meeting people it was also the realization that this goes on around the world all the time right but this happened to people who were just like us and it's just something that really resonated with me so it you know it's not a trip i'm not saying guys come to gallivant we're going to book your syria trip no i'm not saying that right um but if you're adventurous come to gallivant because i will hook you up with the best people that you need to be with if you're going to be in Syria. 
I mean, I wish I could bring our travel show to Syria, mm -hmm. but it's just realistically, it's just not going to be possible. Right. Um, and we have a celebrity on every single episode and to get the right celebrity yeah. who's adventurous to come into Syria. I mean, I would go back to Syria in a heartbeat because there's one place I didn't make it to okay. called Palmyra. Okay. Palmyra is like this ancient city that's kind of like this desert oasis. Um, it's three hours um, east, I believe, of Damascus. But don't take my word for it because, like I said, I get lost within three blocks <laughs> of my hotel. So right. beautiful ruins, like gorgeous town. Like think of Baalbek or think of Athens on steroids. Okay. And that's Palmyra. So there will be another trip back. I know for sure I'm going back to Lebanon because I can go back to Lebanon any second of the day. I came in a little too hot in Lebanon. Um, the story will probably go in my book, but it's NSFW. Well, it's, it's your return trip, okay? I, you haven't been there since 2009. I so you came little, in hot, and I think that's fine. I came in hot, but it was, for me, this trip to Syria and Lebanon, I'm headed to a couple of other places like Yemen. That's also another bucket mm -hmm. list place for me. But Syria was my only regret in life. Not that I've lived a perfect life. Right. But it also epitomized so much where life can change on a dime. Yes. The situation can change on a dime. Seize the day. Like, what yeah. are you waiting for? Right. You know, I just didn't do it because I was scared. And right. I had no reason to be scared. Damascus was in its renaissance period. Yes. It would have been incredible to be there. It would have been a lifetime experience. But everything happens for a reason. Right, that's true. And everything happens in the timing that it should. But I can officially say that I don't regret anymore not going to Syria because I've been to Syria. Yes. No, and I feel like it also seems like that kind of important trip where, like, it, just seeing that and, like, everything you just said about realizing this is what's going on in life all the time for certain people. This is their reality and this is what it is. Like, you know, every trip is not a romantic, glorious trip. Like, some trips are real. Yeah, they're real and it. They're mentally a little taxing. But at the end of the day, you're like, I didn't have to live this life. These people did and still do. So I think it's sort of like unreal that you went there, experienced it. And now you can tell people about it, you know, and like to really just soak in it. It's almost a lot even to just soak in and digest. But I'm really glad that you did it. I mean, it's, it's about gratitude, too. Like yes. for me, you know, someone um, you know, I was with a friend, we walked into my apartment and, you know, he was like, I bet that you don't even look at the view anymore in your apartment. And I said to him, I look at this view every single day. Right. And inside, I think how darn lucky I am. Right. And there's not one day that I take this for granted right. because you go to places like Syria where one day you could just have your life living in your beautiful villa in the countryside, mm. you have your business, you have your kids, they go to school, and then the next day, it could all be over. Right. No, and I feel like that really is, like, the importance of traveling so much, too. Uh, but, yeah, no, that is, like, the importance of traveling, too. And I love, and I think the, the biggest theme of this episode is, like, when you can do something, you should do it. Yeah. Yeah, so, really, it's one of those seize the day moments mm -hmm. and it's about gratitude and so yes i love going to mykonos i love having a good time everyone knows i like my luxury hotels but it also is really just about the luxury of experience right and i think that's the incredible thing about traveling and you're doing it in all these different ways that's unreal and i think to the point of lebanon and everything that you just said when you can go to a place go if you can make it happen just go 
because you don't know when you're not going to have that opportunity again. Well, you want to come to Lebanon when I go to Lebanon, like yes. you are in. Okay, in, that's in, what we're going to do. Trip. Because now we know, now we know. Like I, they told, they said to wait for the right time. Christine knows when it's the right time. That's the Gallivant <laughs> lesson here. Whenever you want to go somewhere, Christine will know when it's the right time, and she will also let you know when you cannot go to a place. Which I think is really important. Um, no, this was amazing. Thank you for taking us on this journey. Thank like you. I said, no, amazing. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, listen, soon we'll be we'll meet back on the couch. Yeah. Back on the couch. This is another episode of Off the Cuff with Regina and, and Christine. Christine.